Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal, and I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to the Cannabis Daily Show for Thursday, April 14th, 2022, six days away from 420. Since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry, and we'd love to hear from you in the comments, as always. As well, feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com and through all of our social channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and if you're watching this on YouTube, please smash the subscribe button. Of note, tomorrow is Good Friday, Monday is Easter Monday, and actually a lot of next week we'll be making some changes around here, so stay on the lookout for that, but you may not see this beard most of next week. After a rundown of the key stories we're following, we'll get to our BFC Live segment where we'll be joined by Cameron Brown of Honeypot, which is a multi-store cannabis retailer in Ontario. We want to connect with Brown about the upcoming annual general meeting of the Retail Cannabis Council of Ontario, which is in June, and how retailers are having their voice heard in Canada's largest province. And in September, we'll be in New York for Business of Cannabis New York, a two-day event. More on that in the information below as well. For today's stories, will eastern U.S. states follow New Jersey's lead? How Moncton, New Brunswick's Organogram doubled revenue and grew market share? L.A.'s Cannabis Fest may have to refund tickets. And the latest on the world's largest THC toxicology study. For our first story, Karen O'Keefe, the state policies director of the Marijuana Policy Project, and other experts predict several states could soon pass their own medical or adult use legalization following in the footsteps of New Jersey. This in the Dales report. Some states to watch. South Carolina. Yes, South Carolina on their medical front. Rhode Island for adult use. Kansas adult use. Delaware adult use. North Carolina medical and longer term. Uh, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, and our friends in Minnesota. There's some more updates. Mississippi's new medical program will launch late this year. Maryland is in the early stages of creating adult use legalization. Ohio could put adult use legalization on the ballot this November. Lots happening. For our second story, Moncton, New Brunswick-based Organogram CEO Bina Goldenberg joined BNM Bloomberg to explain how the company has grown market share and more than doubled revenue in its latest quarterly report. The highlights shred the company's value brand as the top-selling flower in the country. Edible's market share has doubled. The company's market share in the concentrates, particularly hash, has also increased. And Organogram is also focused on cost-cutting and efficiencies. And while the chocolate market isn't as large as Organogram originally thought, or I guess hoped, it is pivoting to gummies. Now, Organogram did report a net loss for the quarter, ending February 28th. Was, was, the net loss was $4 million compared to $66 million for the same period one year ago, so in the right direction, and revenues were up from $19.3 million to $43.9 million a year over year, and net revenue was up from $31.8 million from $14.6 million. So everything going in the right direction, seemingly, at Organogram. Now, way back in 2019, March 2019, we were at their Organogram facility for a BFC live stream from their Moncton facility. If you want to walk down memory lane, go to our website, check it out, uh, businessofcannabis.com. For our third story, the city of Los Angeles has denied a permit for the first ever Green Street Cannabis Festival, which is or was scheduled to happen May 13th and 14th, this in page six. In January, a press release said the festival would, quote, feature the city's top restaurants, the state's leading cannabis brands, and the world's top entertainers all brought together to celebrate the cannabis industry. Now, another quote from an unnamed source in the story, they may have to refund tickets. It's a big shit show. We will see. It doesn't seem like L.A. is treating the cannabis industry with much respect.
for our final story. Business Can's recent Q&A with the European Industrial Hemp Association's managing director, Lorenzo Romanese, tackles topics like the UK's FSA's novel foods public list and the group's forthcoming toxicology studies. In the studies, they are based on a lack of research conducted on the types of products planned for the UK and European markets. It includes the biggest clinical trials for THC in the world to define a no observed adverse effect level and a lowest observed effect adverse effect level, so pretty technical terms there, and are related to identifying the tolerable daily intake of isolate CBD and full-spectrum extracts. Quote, all the studies both for isolate and full-spectrum CBD are concluded, said Romanese, and so far I can simply say that there is nothing to worry about. There were no values beyond or even near to the limit. So this product, according to the levels that we have tested, can be considered safe. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 12,000 others and catch all of those stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. Eastern with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Coming up on our BFC Live, a conversation with Cameron Brown of Honeypot, which is a multi-store cannabis retailer based here in Ontario. He's going to talk about the upcoming annual general meeting of the Retail Cannabis Council of Ontario. Here is this conversation with Cameron Brown of Honeypot. Cameron Brown, thanks for being here. Jay, thanks for having me. Uh, always good to have you. I was looking back on my calendar. Uh, you've been a relatively frequent guest on Business of Cannabis. Some would say too frequent. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody would say that. Um, but the first time we talked, I think, was August 2019. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Probably right after the chaos of uh, opening up in 2019. I was looking back because we just passed April 1st, which is when you when the honeypot on Queen Street opened in 2019, right? And yep. that seems like a million years ago. I, uh, I'd say at least 10 years ago, uh, definitely. <laughs> I've definitely aged 10 years. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just waiting for the blonde to go gray at this point. Uh, so I, I give it another, uh, another year. That's right. That's what cannabis does. <laughs> at this pace, it might even be sooner than that. Um, but, uh, but... From April, uh, from April 1st, 2019, when you opened, and then in August when we chatted, um, obviously the growth of retail, especially in Ontario, has been enormous. Before we get to what we're talking about, tell me about the sort of ever-expanding footprint of Honeypot and sort of where you guys are right now. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's been such a massive boom, especially since such a difficult time for, for small business. So to see the 25 stores or 24 stores in 2019, uh, 200 stores in 2020 to now over 1400 stores uh, coming into 2022 is huge. And, you know, we've been lucky enough to, to open back up in April and continue our expansion and our brand, uh, not only in the city of Toronto, but uh, into some other cities as well, Hamilton, Niagara, Kitchener, Cambridge, Waterloo. So it's been a lot of fun, a very busy three years, but uh, I could say the same for every other retailer in the province at this point. Yeah, and uh, it's good for consumers. I mean, we see the numbers like people, the more legal cannabis stores there are, the more legal cannabis people buy. That seems to be a trend we can all get behind. The challenge to doing business is a different question, but the fact that people like legal cannabis stores is I guess not debatable, which is great. Um, and part of why we wanted to connect is that you are a part of the Retail Cannabis Council of Ontario. It's like a trade group. And you have your AGM coming up in June. Um, 
which sounds used to be like talk about an AGM and people getting together, people be bored, but like actually people are going to get together in June for an AGM and it's going to be awesome. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, that's right. You know, as we start to see the scale up, um, a couple of retailers got together and said, you know, we need a voice for independent retailers. You know, there's a lot going on from the licensed producer side, but you know, as we moved away from, you know, 25 or 200 people, we, we figured we needed a voice that the retailers could be heard. Uh, we have, you know, government policy that's affecting our livelihood on a daily basis and changes, especially during COVID of lockdown, non-lockdown, essential, non-essential, you know, how can we start to get involved in, in what's happening with the businesses that we're growing right now? Um, so about a year ago, we started to put this together and we've been building it since we've got a really good membership base and we're looking to get out to, to more retailers and include them in that conversation to, to have a say in what their, their day-to-day lives should look like when it comes to government policy. So we do have our AGM coming up. Uh, we're going to be doing a hotel X in June, uh, on the 10th and the 11th. Um, and like you said, first event in person, you know, we, we really wondered how we were going to do this. And, you know, the first year is going to be, uh, at this point, a really good size. So we've, we've had a ton of feedback of people looking to get involved and get in person and become a part of some of the subcommittees that we've been working on. It's uh, exciting. I mean, it's, it sounds funny to be like, people are actually going to be being at a meeting together. And I think if you ran this sometime prior to 2020, like why, why are Jane Cameron talking about that? But really to be able to convene, convene with your people, independent retailers in Ontario, really after this huge boom of retailers opened up and, you know, there's always work to do from like an association perspective, or an industry perspective to have your voices heard and, things have changed even dramatically since then, right? I mean, first it was allow you to do curbside delivery, you know, curbside pickup and delivery. Then it was e-commerce and all those things. And they became permanent and part and parcel because of COVID, but it does change the dynamic for independent retailers overall. And actually as a line of business, like I wonder when you guys were starting up Honeypot, like how important was that in your thinking or was it we seem to jam these stores because they're going to be awesome. Now we have a whole e-com and delivery platform that um, that changes things dramatically. Oh, the evolution of cannabis over a three-year period is is astronomical. Like it's just what we saw and and the plans that would have been had in 2019 dramatically changed going into spring and summer of 2020, and then continued to change each year as as COVID continued and and um, you know government policy and public health but also from um, delivery and curbside pickup and, and what we saw from reg- regulations lightening up there. But as we're seeing other provinces become more active in the retail space as well, as we've seen the changes that have happened in Alberta, the changes that are happening currently in BC, are we going to affect change and set the standard being the largest province in Canada to set the standard for them? Or are we potentially going to adapt some of the rules that they're implementing right now. And I think we really need to stay on point uh, of what that conversation is to control the messaging uh, and where we should be going as an industry. I agree. So everybody should get together in June. Uh, everyone should be getting together in June. Absolutely. I agree. And when, when, when we post this, we'll also have how to get in touch with the RCCO. So you can get uh, understand how to be there, how to become a member, what the mandate is, what the responsibilities are, and how you can join Cameron outside or inside as well at Hotel X in June. Um, so we'll post that then. I, I mean, I, I guess looking ahead, uh, notwithstanding the AGM in June, like 
I don't, I don't know if this growth is sustainable, but like, what do you expect a year from now, right? We're talking, we're talking in April, 2022, thinking about April, 2023, um, like how does that impact sort of your business and what you're thinking about with this sort of ever increasing density of cannabis retail? I think it's tough to say, because I think if you asked me that question a year ago, I wouldn't have said that we were going to be at 1400 stores open today. Um, right. But I, I do see a lot of consolidation. I think you're starting to see a lot of that already. I think it's uh, in an emerging market. I think that's standard. Uh, you're seeing it on the LP side, you're seeing it on the retail side already. So I think there's going to be some consolidation, some brands are going to uh, amalgamate and, and we're going to continue to see that. At the same time, it's great that we have 1400 stores. The question, I guess, still remains, do we need, is there enough differentiation on product to have multiple stores within the same block of each other? Uh, and making sure that everyone in Ontario has legal ac or access to legal cannabis is still the priority. Um, from the government side, from the retail side, there are still markets that don't have full access to legal cannabis. So there is still markets where cannabis stores can open uh, without any saturation. But I do think we will start to see some shifts uh, in the retail industry, especially in, in places like uh, Toronto, Hamilton, Ottawa, uh, where you saw a lot of saturation in the same uh, block. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, some, some of the great things that we did uh, on the panel with ORCAP as well, and, and really pushing uh, with the OCS to get the flow through model is going to be a huge shift. Uh, I, I think in the consumer's eyes where we can bring in a lot more products that the OCS doesn't have to warehouse anymore. LPs can get more products to market. Retailers can differentiate with a bigger variety. And I think that's where the future is going to be for cannabis, right? We have a lot of production in cannabis products that isn't gained to the consumer fast enough, I'd say. Um, and I think that's where the next year will really start to evolve in more brands, more, more store brands, uh, but also just more products uh, getting to the, those consumers and seeing those stores differentiate a lot more. Can't wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, this is one thing we've been pushing so long for it. And, you know, what we saw in 2019, it was as much criticism as the, the government took for the lottery system is, I remember that summer, not being able to order enough product to meet consumer demand, we just didn't have the product. And that was only with 24 stores open, right? So now we're saying, you know, the OCS has, what, 2200 SKUs listed. We're talking about gaining up to 5,000 SKUs by the end of the year. Like we're talking big numbers and big increases where you can start to go to a store and not see the same SKUs as what you'll see at somebody across the street potentially. And I, yeah. I think that's that that's a huge change that needs to happen. Yep. And it puts the onus on retailers to do the same, right? To differentiate Absolutely. their experience from, you know, staffing to product to array to design, all those things, which I'm sure will be part of the conversation at the AGM uh, in June. We'll post how people can get there. Cameron, as always, thank you for stopping by. And it seems like the world has shifted dramatically since August 2019. Uh, and we'll likely we'll connect with you again as it shifts over the next year as well. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me, Jay. Okay, you got it. Bye-bye. That was episode 68 of the Cannabis Daily Show. We'll be taking some R&R over the next few days, including Good Friday and Easter Monday. So we'll be back next week at some point. Thank you for joining us here on YouTube or wherever you caught the program. And please do subscribe. Thank you.